Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Jack of All. Sorry for the little break, but excited to get back into this. Had a few of my friends who said, hey, dude, um, every time you tell a joke and it bombs, it makes me feel better about myself. So please start doing these podcasts again because I'm starting to feel down and I need somebody to be better than. And I said, I can, I can fulfill that request. So here we are, starting back. Um, surely by now, you guys have heard of the Enneagram test. Uh, Enneagram, I think it's numbers one through nine. And uh, you answer a few questions. This is Kristen is just all about this. My gosh, it's just embarrassing. And there have been so many of these tests throughout time that I've taken, you know, and it's like, hey, what Disney princess are you? I was like, what? That is so dumb. I don't need to take a test to know that I'm obviously Jasmine because I have a great tan and I look good in a slip, right? But anyway, Enneagram test, Kristen sent me this link, so you got to answer a few questions and then they fillet open your soul pretty much. And I'm just so skeptical, always have been, probably not even skeptical, probably cynical of these tests. Because I'm thinking to myself, look, no test is going to like nail who I am. All right, they're not going to get it right. Plus, all those questions have always sounded really like horoscopy to me. You know, they're so vague. It's like, hey, do you tend to like things? I'm like, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, then you're an INTPLGBTQ. I'm like, uh, am I? I don't know. <laughs> All that from liking things? <laughs> hey, do you like bacon? Oh, you're an IBLT. I'm like, this is just getting, <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. So I take this Enneagram test <clears throat> pretty much just to get Kristen off my back. <clears throat> and my results come back. And I'm a nine, according to this test, all right? I'm a nine. And I thought, all right, well, actually, that's pretty accurate. But how do they know that I'm a nine without seeing a picture of me, you know? <laughs> so Kristen's all pumped. Now she knows I'm a nine, and she just wants to psychoanalyze me. So she's reading her book and asking me questions, you know, so excited. Does this sound like you? Does this sound like you? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can I just kibosh this whole thing? That's what I'm wanting to do <clears throat> because I don't want this to continue. So my goal is just to pretty much crush her soul and say, look, sorry, baby, I know you're stoked on this and you bought the book, but this is all garbage and it doesn't sound anything like me, all right? That's what I'm thinking. Can I just go back to when I was a, a BLT and life was simpler? <laughs> but here's the thing. This freaking test, man. She reads a list of 10 things on this first page that are true about nines, and it was spot on. I was so bummed. And it wasn't vague stuff, you know, like, do you like things? It was completely true to my personality. And as this list is going on, as she's reading more, I'm thinking, crap. Not only is she winning somehow. I don't know. It wasn't even a competition, but it is now and she's winning. But not only that, but Lord only knows what it says in her little book, 
you know? She's going to find all my weaknesses before I have a chance to find hers and get a leg up. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how marriage works, you know? I think marriage, you just, it's just making sure that you have some sort of leverage on the other person so they always feel indebted to you. That's, I think that's how marriage works. Um, anyway, so she's reading this book and finding out the flaw in my Death Star. Uh, my plan is just to deny the validity of the test, right? Just don't let on to this thing. So she's going to ask questions. I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. So she's reading her book, and I look over, and she has this little like Mona Lisa smirk, you know, like the smiling without smiling. And she gives this little chuckle. I was like, oh, great. She just, she just read that nines have weak enamel or something. I don't know how she's going to use that against me, but she is just adding arrows to her quiver at this point. And she goes, hey, Graham, could you read this paragraph? That's not how she sounds, but that's how I took it. Can you read this paragraph? So I read it, and this is what it says. It says, nines with their varying interests and skill sets tend to be jack-of-all-trades, but king of none. And I just dropped my head in resignation <laughs> and just said, Kristen, you probably already know this, but I do have weak enamel. I just, I'm, this book is me now. Can you believe that it calls out the jack of all? Oh man, Kristen and I just had our 10 year anniversary uh, last week. So we, we went to Tahoe and it was a beautiful trip to be honest. Um, a whole week uh, away, her parents kept the kids and so we got to do a ski day and we got to do a um, snowmobile tour, it really was pretty beautiful. It snowed the whole time and it was so great. And I just thought, dude, 10 year anniversary. I can't believe how fast. Well, on one hand, I can't believe it's been 10 years because that just seems like forever. But on the other hand, when I was thinking back of all that's happened in our marriage, so much has happened that I'm surprised it's not longer. You know, like moving across the country, having multiple jobs each, uh, three kids, um, you know, family deaths, and nieces and nephews being born. I mean, yeah, think about your last 10 years. However old you are, think about 10 years ago, your mentality 10 years ago, what you thought the next 10 years was going to hold, what actually happened. Maybe not even changes, but just things that you've been through that you, I'm sure something started that you didn't think was going to start and ended that you didn't think was going to end. And that, and you're like, man, I didn't even know that was going to be a part of my, my story. And here it got me thinking, I wonder which decade in our lives has the most change. You know, is it zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40? And what 10-year span has the most change? And I think it might be like 25 to 35. Maybe 20 to 30, but around there, you know? I think of all that happened between 20 to 30 or 25 to 35. It's that transition between feeling young 
to feeling like a man or a woman, you know? And there are shifts, so many shifts, and there's exploration. Uh, there are failures and learnings, and you're starting to learn who you are and what your passions are and what you like. Um, but I think uh, that when you hit 30, 35, 40, 45, it depends on each person, uh, in all of our minds, there's this expectation of arrival. That, and that's a, that's a massive shift, at least mentally. Um, I talk to people all the time who say, oh man, I should, I should be here by now, or I should be there by now. And I'm not sure if here, you know, what they're talking about is stability or consistency or I don't know what word you'd put in there, but it is culturally bred in us that there is a progression, you know? And you think retirement happens when you have a steady job at 30. And so that's the goal. And if you want grandkids at 60, that means married and pregnant at 30, right? And so we get this timeline in our mind and all these societal pressures, they're all made up, you know? And they weigh on us a lot more than we realize, I think. Um, and as I kind of process through this, um, when we were away at Tahoe, just thinking through the life change and the expectations, I realized that in my humble opinion, the more stability and comfort you have, the tougher it is to live life to the full. I go into that a little bit more. Um, again, in my opinion, life is designed to be lived dependent on God. Uh, that's the goal. He created us for relationship, and He wants daily to connect with us and to guide us and speak to us you know, if we will listen and be intentional, God is always speaking and guiding and orchestrating. Well, think about this. When have you prayed the most in your life? When have you been the most dependent on God, right? When, when have you drawn close to God or if, if it hasn't been articulated like that, at least tried or felt like that the most in your life? It's when crap hits the fan. It's when things don't go right. Right? It's when things are a little bit off or you're in a transition or something happens you weren't expecting. And it seems like discomfort almost like force feeds dependence on God. Uh, I don't know if this is for you, but for me, when I feel like everything is manageable, um, I feel like I don't have much need for that relationship. I, I kind of check out a little bit. I'm like, God, I've, I've got everything handled Hey, there are a lot of other people in this world. Go check on them. I'm good. I'm fine. And, uh, and it's moving away from, from the goal of life. It, it moves me away from the relationship I'm designed for. Mild digression here, but uh, when my kids were babies, it was way easier to be a present dad, you know? Because you've got to be constantly engaged, I mean, think about a baby. You got to give them bottles and change diapers uh, and burp them and rock them to sleep and carry them, all that, right? They're completely dependent on you. And I thought to myself, 
because though that first year sucks, <laughs> they're cute and it's great having kids, but it sucks. It is so hard. And I thought to myself, man, I cannot wait until they turn six. It'll be so much easier. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean? It'll be easier, you know? What, like, my goal as a parent is to be completely engaged and present with my kids. So now that Gage, my oldest, is six, uh, and I said it's going to be easier then, you know what's possible now that he's six? Here's what's possible. Uh, I can put him in front of a show for two hours. <laughs> uh, what's possible? I don't have to watch him. I can let him play in the sand at the park while I am on my phone for two hours. And though I was kind of waiting for this time because it would be easier, now I've found that easier a lot of times breeds laziness. <laughs> and when I don't have intention, that kind of pulls me away from my ultimate goal of being present and constantly engaged with my kids because, uh, yeah, because I don't really have to be. So, um, Take that into what you are right now. If you aren't where you quote-unquote think you should be, then I would encourage you, take that as a blessing. Because white picket fence and 401k, that's cool. Right? That's nice, really. Uh, but it's not the goal. That's not the goal. That's not what you hope to arrive at. Enjoying the journey that God has you on is the goal. Enjoying the relationship with him that you've been created for is the goal. Dependence on him is the goal. And his timing and provision are perfect. Um, and by the way, if you are white picket fence and things are stable, hey, great. Really, that's a great thing. But don't mail it in, you know? Uh, don't become unintentional. Find ways to push yourself out of your comfort zone because, at least I have found, it's usually there that we learn the most and find ourselves the most dependent on God. So, oh, it does feel good to be back in the saddle on this. And, um, and we'll keep this going uh, just so... You guys will have jokes that make you feel better about yourself. So hope you guys have an awesome day. There's a little bit of encouragement. We'll try again tomorrow.